0: Hey, welcome world travelers and fellow adventurers to the Tales of a Traveler podcast. It's me, your host, Stacey Utek. My greatest joy is traveling and exploring the world with people that I love. I have been to 63 countries and have a bunch of stories to share with you. So thanks so much for joining me as I venture down memory lane and share with you the tales of my adventures from around the world. Hi, did you guys forget about me? I did not forget about you. Oh, I've just missed you guys so much. It's like I lay in bed at night just thinking about my podcast listeners, worried, biting my nails, wondering if you're mad at me for not coming out with a podcast recently. Guys, so sorry. Listen, I have so many excuses. Are you ready? I'm just going to pile them up. Well, actually, I don't have that many. I moved. I moved to my own place. I have my own apartment. So, everything has been in boxes. And I was thinking about recording a podcast, another journal entry um, from a memory from Azerbaijan, but those journals cannot be found and they are just deep in the bowels of my basement boxes somewhere. So someday that will, that will happen. I promise. Um, But that kind of prevented it. I've To be honest with y'all, I've not um, reached out to old travel buddies recently. My life has been a bit nuts. I also transitioned jobs. So um, some of you guys know I was working at a university um, and now I'm working with middle school students. Can you believe? (laughs) Anyway, listen, if you want to like chop it up, just give me a little holler. Let's have a chat. But this is not what that's about. Um, but all of those excuses, my life's been a little bit, woo-woo. so, um, I haven't been thinking about recording a podcast. Um, well, besides, you know, when I lay up at night thinking about you guys, um, <clears throat> but tonight I was like, I gotta go find those journals, but you know, it's like one of those it, it's, re- first of all, I want to say this, it's really cold out. <laughs> it's like changed from 70 degrees a couple days ago to now it's like in the 30s. This is just another one of my excuses to throw right on top of that pile. Um, I don't want to go into my basement; it feels just cold. So I was um, digging through my closet up here. I was like, "Man, there's got to be a journal up here." Um, and lo and behold, my little, my little blue. There's some. It's blue. It's got some flowers on the top of it. It's kind of mini, actually. Um, but I just chalked this one full of stories from. Let's see, Bali, India, Israel. Mongolia. Um, where else was I? Sri Lanka. This was like a summer of lots of travel. And so I was like, Shh, there's got to be a little old a little story, a little tale, a little traveler's tale, if you will. And so I was just thumbing through it. And I thought, you know, until I find my um, Azerbaijan journal, I will just go ahead and tell you guys a little story uh, from Mongolia. And I already know I'm going to get an angry message from John because he's going to be a little upset that I didn't include him in this. (laughs) Um, He, I think, thinks this is his his podcast, as you've heard on earlier episodes, but he'll especially be mad because he lived in Mongolia and I went to visit him there. Um, And so, but I was also thinking, I don't know that he's going to, like, remember this trip as much in detail because he hosted so many people there, and, like, we went on lots of trips. Who knows? This was, like, his second time going to the Gobi Desert. It was my first. Um, so, anyway, John, I love you. I'm sorry. Um, let's hop on and talk about Costa Rica next because that's something that's been in my mind as well. Okay, enough jibber-jabber. Let's hop to this um, this little excerpt from my journal. Um. Okay, let's see here. So I had visited him. We were in the capital, Ulaanbaatar, which, if when in doubt in spelling it, just added another couple A's. Um, and then we were going to take this Gobi trip, um, the Gobi desert trip. He had done it once before, and so he kind of knew what to do. I was just along for the ride. Um, we brought another couple of his friends with us. So I think there, yeah, there were four of us. Um, And yeah, so this picks up when we hopped on our morning flight to get to the Gobi Desert. So let's see. Well, first my pen was dying. So I said, having pen problems, Ah, we'll have to, and then to switch to a ballpoint. Oh, and I think I I did reveal about myself in the last podcast that I love journaling in gel pens, (laughs) black gel pens. Um, So that's like consistent, but Anyways, this is just a lot of fluff. Okay, we're getting into it, guys. Um, so I'm, at, I'm, I'm now with a ballpoint pen. And I said, uh, it's the worst. <laughs> okay, so um, we had uh, a 4 a.m. wake-up call. Let's see. Okay, pick up, picked up Charisse and Sasha, our other friends, and went to the airport uh, for our 6.45 a.m. flight. Uh, made me realize I have less than a week left in Mongolia. Sad. Bunch of A's. It really has been uh, my favorite trip of this summer. And I think it might be my top five places in the world. <gasps> dot, dot, dot. Not, not going to say for sure yet because that's a strong statement. So I need to think about it. Smiley face. Um, when we arrived in, okay, how do you pronounce this? uh, it took us about three hours to find a driver and a car, pick up enough groceries for five days in the desert and get out of town. So basically most people who go to the Gobi desert, this is, you know, a side note, most people who go to the Gobi desert go in a, like a tour group. They pre-book it. Uh, oh, no, 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 not us. Um, so basically our plan was get on the ground, um, find maybe somebody at the airport who could drive us or help us find a driver like any anybody who's basically willing to take us in their car um, all around the Gobi Desert to kind of like these landmark places Um, and so we would just kind of pay them to take us around for five days and then we went to the grocery store and picked up a bunch of groceries um, and that's just kind of how we did it so I remember we found this guy and he literally was like bye wife bye family Um, but it's a big It's like a big payday for them. Like it's a big, it's a job, you know? So we found a driver in three hours, got our groceries, headed out. Um, I was totally exhausted and planned to nap in the car, but no can do. The ride was somewhat miserable, not terribly, but not extremely pleasant. The road was gravel and very bumpy, throwing you all over, all over for five hours. But I will say this, there were for sure some sweet moments. One was when we happened upon a pack of camels and jumped out to walk alongside them. Very cool. Another was when we saw a bunch of people running and realized that there was a Gobi marathon going on. Okay, pause. I just remember seeing this one guy like running and then he ran past our car and I was like, that is so weird. We're in the middle of nowhere and there's this guy running and then another person running. And then a few minutes later, another person running. Oh yeah, there's a marathon going on. Can you imagine if you're a runner just going going ahead to run a little marathon in the desert, <laughs> not I, but it was crazy, um, and I said every time we saw a runner, we rolled down the window and cheered for them. We figured they might need some encouragement. Uh, about halfway, we stopped to have a lovely little lunch of tuna with mayo and pickles on bread. Um, it was quite cool, actually. We laid down a little sarong and squeezed onto it. We were surrounded by total nothingness, just having our little lunch in the Gobi Desert. So awesome. Um, also, side note, sorry for all the little side notes, but not sorry. Um, little fun fact about Stace, I only eat tuna when I travel internationally. Don't know why, but for some reason, canned tuna when I'm traveling with like a little mayo, some crackers, just hits the spot. Um, okay. Towards the end of our journey, we were in a valley caught, uh, and caught sight of a group of horses. So of course we jumped out. Um, absolutely incredible. And it was a sweet moment when we rounded the bend and saw the dune, like the sand dunes for the first time. So this was our first stop was these huge sand dunes, white and, <clears throat> white and pristine, stretching for miles with black mountains in the background. So apparently you can just drive up to any old yurt and stay with a family for like $3 a night in one of their yurts. Um, they weren't there when we pulled up, but I guess it was okay for us to just move in. So we did, (laughs) I guess a lot of families like have guest yurts. Um, and so they weren't there. So we just pulled up and threw our stuff in their yurt. Strange. Um, we desperately needed a nap. So we slept until like six and then we decided to make our first ascent to the sand dunes. It was a long walk to the base had to be over a mile. Um, then up the dunes we went. Um, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, be, but the next day, we were climbing a higher one. Um, but to be on top of those dunes is really indescribable. When you walk on the sand, it feels as though you're the first person to ever walk there. And when you look out, um, the, dunes for, when you look out the dunes go for miles. <clears throat> it feels like such a sweet mystery how they're formed and why they're so high and why they've been there for so long. We felt like kids in the biggest sandbox, running up and down them, digging our feet and our hands into the most perfect sand you've ever touched. We played for a while and then sat and admired the view for a long time, watching the sunset, kissing the tops uh, with its last light of day. It was one of those moments I never wanted to forget. Every sight and feeling, the incredible peaceful silence and the pure majesty of such an amazing God—God uh, God made wonder. It really could—I really could only smile and count it one of my favorite places in the world. And you could walk down your bare feet, just dig into the sand, pushing you along. You can take your hand and defile the perfect lines that have formed long ridges in an instant, knowing that the next day all of our footprints would be covered again, and that the whole dune would look again like no one had ever stepped foot there it 's a lovely feeling. Um, we return to our yurt, yurt around nine thirty to make pasta by candlelight and play cards until we are sleepy. Uh, perfect night in my book, reminiscent of the simplicity of Swaziland Carepoint Nights with Eric and John so long ago. I couldn't sleep, so around 3 a.m. I stepped outside uh, to truthfully the most dark and, and eerily beautiful silence I think I've ever experienced. Your ears almost ring. The silence is so pure. The moon shone bright, and all I could do was talk to God. The morning, uh, This morning, the first thing I did was plant myself in a solitary place in the desert, gazing at the sand dunes. It was one of those refreshing moments where my trust in God was renewed again. A God who hand designed such beauty is doing the same thing with my life. And I was reminded again that my life is not about me, my hopes, my dreams, or my wishes, but about God's kingdom being established. And He has given me everything I need and more for life and godliness in this day. I lack nothing. He has all things under His control." And I'm experiencing the most incredible things and places in my life right now. And he so graciously fills the void that I feel sometimes with beautiful aerial views and people who I love and love me in return. I truly could not be happier right now. Oh, story time is over. But I think I want to also say the next day we <clears throat> we climbed this. It had to be like about a thousand feet uh, on that dune. And one of the things I'll never forget was um, when it was time to go down, like we just played on top of the dune, like all day, it was wild. Um, and when we went down, I mean, it's like, it's like you're on like a small mountain, but when you go down it, you can literally run down it because you sink like down to your ankles, but in a really soft way. So like, on regular mountain, you wouldn't just like run down a mountain. Um, but you could literally run and you're just gazing out. You don't have to look at your feet. It was a wild experience. Um, just to, I I felt so free. It was one of the coolest experiences, um, that I'll never forget. Uh, and then the day after that, we found a place where you can rent sleds. Um, (laughs) so we went sledding down the, the sand dunes. Um, but it started raining and so it was kind of like you couldn't really sled and then you'd get stuck and then there was just sand in every crevice of your body i'm sorry to say um but it's true uh we just had the best time and uh, i also remember uh, a, a dune memory was we wanted um this watermelon but we wanted it cold and so we put the watermelon in this like river And I don't remember if we left and came back to it. But then we came back later that day and cut it. And um, it had just rained. And so the sky was gray. And the dunes were white. And we were like eating this red watermelon. And I just remember the colors and just the richness of and simplicity of that moment. Um, So I'll try to post a picture of us eating our watermelon by the dunes. Um, But yeah, just really sweet memories. And I do, I think Mongolia is one of the most wild places that I've ever been. It's really incredible. Um, The culture is so unique. Um, So yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Um, but I, it won't be long before I record another one. Don't, don't you guys delete my podcast. You just keep it going. Um, <laughs> don't delete your subscription. Okay. Hugs to everyone. Big hugs. And, um, we'll see you next time.